Hello, this is Jeff. What is about to happen may feel different for you, as it seems like an end, but I assure you it is certainly not. Indies are an illusion constructed by finite minds, and the flow of narrative and consciousness intertwines and continues unabated forever. It is perhaps a beautiful thing, even if it does not matter. Now, you must listen carefully and record appropriately. Hello? What time is it? Who is it? Um, I don't know. I... Situation. Dream. Egg. Ear. Sorry, honey. I have to take this. Agent Paris, you've been running ops for what you know as the program. Neither of you know the name Delta Green, but you've been running ops for what you know as the program for about eight years now. Work for this shadowy but absolutely necessary organization has taken you well, across the world. The last mission that you were both on was with your fellow agent of many years. Her name was Agent Prairie. It was a gut-wrenching blow when she was killed. Her body evaporated in thin air as it seemed to float and be pulled towards the night sky. You watched as her skin and her muscles disappeared into the other, pulled away from what was left, intricate spiderweb of nervous tissue, ganglia, that stayed there floating above both of you as you stared in horror. Soon it was gone as well. This enraged both of you. It, again, was a grave emotional blow. You three were incredibly close. As you left the stone circle where it happened in ruins and the thing that slept below it, a crater, you still felt empty. Prairie was gone forever. It's like part of the world had been taken with her. And so eight months later, when you both are contacted by a new handler, one had no idea what you had seen, most likely what you had been through, most likely. You both were reluctant to answer, but you both did. Maybe out of a feeling of duty, necessity, or just to distract from the mundanity of your day-to-day -day now. Your personal lives had become gray, shadows of what you do in the dark for the program. Agent Prentice, tell us how 
you're contacted by a new handler of the program. Tell us how this happens for you and how you respond. Prentice has just finished another stellar surgery. <clears throat> you know, doing the um, the final touches on on cauterizing clothes, some some delicate places, and and uh, hiding the stitches in the hairline where only the most discerning eye can find the scar tissue. And this eighty year old woman now looks a good forty years younger. <laughs> he goes into the uh, anteroom where where. Uh, the wash stations are, tears off his gloves, throws them in the biohazardous waste container, takes off his cap, throws that away, and uh, turns his phone on to an immediate message from someone in his contacts that he never put there as Dr. Green. Uh, this text message says a long encoded number, and he immediately knows he's likely being contacted by the program. He takes a, a deep sigh and walks himself back to his office, doesn't turn the lights on, closes the door behind him, sits behind his his, uh, desk in the darkness, uncorks a bottle of scotch and takes a long swig, and then dials the number to get the information for the next operation. You've never spoken with this handler before, but he seems firm, severe, not at all like the scatterbrained, absolutely lovely Agent Carter who you're used to speaking with. Seems military, you're used to that, so you kind of settle into a rhythm, answer, the questions that are posed to you and ask your own. You end up on a train towards, well, Detroit. It's not difficult to extract yourself from your practice. You've got full control over it after all. You've done this many, many times. You've just never done it without Agent Prairie. Agent Paris, how does the special access program, how does it contact you in particular? Where are you and how do you respond? Well, right now he is Agent Paris is taking some time. Normally, he's he's out in California near near Camp Pendleton, which is one of the garrison HQs for the Marine Raiders. Mm. So he's out out in California near, near Camp Pendleton, but not at camp, and he's been been taking some time, some leave off base. Heads back to his uh, house he keeps there on base, and when he walks in on his kitchen table, is a nondescript Manila folder. Opens that up and sees sees the the, the information about his next mission with the uh, with the company, the organization, reads through it and then uh, promptly burns burns everything that came with it, gets his gear together, and starts moving. You actually grab an Air Force lift out of the city towards Detroit. You're very used to riding in the cargo base of these giant planes. This is no different. You sleep well, but something gnaws back of your mind. This is going to be different. This is not going to be like before. She's gone. She isn't coming back. The agents will meet in Detroit proper. This means the remnants of Cellar have returned from Kunkel and entered the city. I'm gonna ask Agent Roizen to guide the scene. Where would Agent Roizen feel most comfortable meeting with the special operatives who have been dispensed to them by Delta Green? She's gonna find some little coffee shop, nondescript, family-owned, definitely off the beaten path, not your typical Starbucks or whatever that's going to be super crowded, but one where she can find a small table out of the way and hold a relatively private conversation. It's a small franchise called Hug in a Mug, locally owned. We're on the the western side of Detroit. We're still in the city proper, though. Before long, two men together enter this small shop, which is lined with old coffee bean burlap sacks and various merchandise for the locally owned shop. But they're unmistakably part of the program. One, obviously military-bearing. 
black duffel bag on his back. The other looks like he's been through a lot, but seems to be very comfortable in his skin. They both notice you two sitting off to the side, a small round table. They seem to recognize you for who you are as well, and they walk over. It's a good time to describe the physicalities of your new characters. So Agent Paris, fairly nondescript. Hair's cut short, clearly military build. Carries himself with confidence, but not in a boasting manner uh, by any means. Just if you weren't looking too closely, your eyes would probably just slide right past the guy. Hair's somewhere between blonde and brown, dirty, and has a mustache, not quite blue eyes, so sort of faded. About, stands at about 6'2", 6'3". Clearly strong, but not like overly built or anything. Just, it looks a little, a little uncomfortable in the place he's at. A little, little uncomfortable where he's standing. So. Prentice is a medium height, lithe. His hair is light brown. His eyes are a icy blue. He does have a confidence, almost exactly nothing like his partner Paris. He's, it's brash. It, it's kind of almost malicious. Like he knows he's smarter than you. His clothes are very expensive, well manicured, and just right on the edge of a smirk at all times. You two walk up to the obviously seated program agents and take your own seats. You both nod, Royzen to Ryan. Actually, before Royzen speaks, so after Snodigar left, she would have cut her hair really short. We're talking almost pixie cut. Okay. And bleached it. Okay. And then pulled out some colored green contacts. So... She looks nothing like she did before. Okay, I'm going to roll. I've been waiting for this, so I'm going to roll something for you real quick. One sec. Yeah, actually, this is a good time to like... So you've got this this blonde pixie cut. Is there anything else physical about Royzen you'd like to describe since we're just kind of going around the table with with character descriptions? That's different? Um, like She would have changed up her clothing a bit more too. She would have stopped by the local Target or Walmart or whatever mm-hmm. and picked up something that's very brightly colored and girly. Uh-huh. Um, whereas before she was very much cargo pants, tank top. Now she's got this pink flowy dress, purple purse hanging off her shoulder. And new look, new you. Really f- yeah. I, I, I like how I already established that the two new agents just recognized you as another Delta Green agent, though, still. So that's kind of funny. I like that. There's there's that military bearing that just never mm, really that goes soul death away. that just hangs on your body <laughs> as a Delta Green agent. Agent Ryan, anything different about your appearance that we should note? Still in a well tailored suit, slick back hair, but Ryan looks tired. Usually he's a little bit more outwardly uh, charismatic, but he's tired. And sorry, do we have an understanding of whether or not Snedeker has onboarded these guys at all, or like what they know? You're- your understanding is you've been sent very experienced operatives to end this fucking mission. Okay. Amber, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I can take point. Yeah, please. Rise and I'll look up. Gentlemen, we've been expecting you. Would you like coffee or anything? <laughs> Prentice wrinkles his nose and says, no, I don't like the look of this place. Uh, I'll pass. Paris is, I don't drink coffee, but thank you. All right. Rise and I'll pick up her hot chocolate, take a sip before continuing. So, uh, knowing Snedeker, he hasn't exactly told you guys what you're walking into. No, ma'am. Details have been light, but uh, if we could get on with it, that'd be great. We were... Four of us were called in a couple of weeks ago now, originally 
started out dead body washed up in the sewage plant missing its head they couldn't tell if it was claw marks teeth marks or whatever on his neck but it was not pretty the coroner one of ours also found some rather unusual bacteria on the body which sent up some red flags unusual how Unknown. Entirely unknown. Royston, you remember you have some of those slides. He seems very interested. His brows furrowed. I I do have slides back at the hotel. Didn't exactly want to carry those around in public. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Not like anybody out here would know what they are, but go on. we've, We've had a lot of trouble. In addition to this, when we arrived, there were two preteen girls missing. One disappeared from her school. The other disappeared from the local park where she had been playing chess with the elderly. Both of them were not troublemakers, high-achieving, popular-ish, definitely had a lot of friends. Look, what so, went wrong and what do you need us to do? We can fill in the details later, but like, let's get to the point here so we can get moving. So I can get hey, back e- to what easy I Easy there, do. easy there. We just lost two of our agents. This is a serious shit. My the details matter, buddy. But you know the what? details matter. <laughs> okay. Uh, Agent Paris puts a hand on Agent Prince's shoulder and looks over at uh, Agent Roizen. There's a look of recognition in his face, like he knows her, and he says, uh, "Agent Roizen, so what happened to your? What happened to the rest of your team?" The reason I bring up those two girls, they led us to a teenage boy. Some calls determined that his father had disappeared approximately two weeks before we were called in so we went to talk to him he had connections to both missing girls so red flag on arriving at the house we found the boy and his younger brother alone they did not know where their father was either ryan i wasn't in the room would you tell them she went out the boy was possessed by some kind of creature shots went off uh, anyway, as we fled from the scene, sounds like uh, the other two went in a different direction from me, and uh, it didn't didn't end in their favor. I got away. Anyway, we we've got a a lead on another place that we should be checking out. Clearly, the shit isn't over yet. So whatever was destroyed in that house wasn't alone, or wasn't the only of its kind. So we need to move on to the next the next target. We were. Led to the school by a map from some dude who disappeared who seemed to know a lot more than he let on. And there's well, another the, place there that, that we might want to check out. The map was from the guy missing his head. So in addition to this, the school where the two girls went missing from, after we had gone to ground, another girl was found floating in the pool. Her head was missing. Okay, so we got a head eater. Uh, okay. Agent Ryan, I he looks pointedly at him. I need you to describe exactly what you saw when you say the boy was possessed. Tentacles. She. <clears throat> Paris glances over. The boy. The boy turned. The boy turned it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan looks around, clearly uncomfortable, but tries to tries to have some kind of steel face. He turned inside out. Tentacles came out. It was fucked up. What else you want to know? Turned inside out. Paris just looks over at Prentice and like cocks an eyebrow. Princess just shakes his head and says, okay, well, I can't go on anything medically there. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to look at this next body and, and uh, go from there, maybe. All right. Maybe look at this uh, this uh, 
Inside Out Kid. There's no Inside Out Kid. We didn't go back to the house and clean it up. I wasn't asking that. There were there were a lot of cops, a lot of the body is not in our control. Why do you need to look at the inside out kid? Do we, we have other, official clearance we've... here on this mission or are we just go in rogue? Official clearance. <laughs> <laughs> clearance? You think that's what we do here? We need clearance? No. They give you guys clearance? Sure. That's real God, cute. I wish we had that. That's real cute. You're over there with your fancy shirt and clearance. I would I would so like stupid. to step in. Can you edit it that was, out? Chris? It was very funny. I will edit it out. Uh, so so, so Prentice Paris, you have never not been cradled by some sort of official cover, not once no. in your eight years. And so when you're hearing this and you're hearing their laughter and they're honestly, they, they seem exasperated and very, very exhausted. You may soften, you may not, but it's sounding like they have been out in the field, out in the cold. And you've, even though you've been under formal jurisdictions when you've operated for the program, sometimes you've had to operate like that too. And you realize these two have been at their wits end for a very long time and you both understand that feeling. Hey, it's okay. Why don't we head back to the hotel and take a look at these pictures that you mentioned and then we can start formulating a, uh, a plan of attack, some sort of strategy here. We can do that. I warn you, accommodations are not the best. We had to go to ground quick. I'm sorry, guys. And and look, we'll show you the pictures later. I don't think the pictures are going to tell you much. Some gruesome, messed up shit. And we've got clearly a very active monster going on here. I genuinely think that we should check out that other location. Brian, they, they need to be prepared. Yeah, the program decided to bring us in for a reason. And Prentice here is very good at what he does. So what is it you do? Ryan looks over at Prentice. I take faces off and put them on other bodies. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> I don't have enough whiskey Ow. for this game. Wow. <laughs> Paris is like, hell yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be useful. Maybe we can give the dead girl a new head. Whoa. That might work. <laughs> Your Case kid's just closed. fine, look. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Royzen said that as sarcastically as possible under her breath. <laughs> Ryan looks over at Paris. And how about you? He kills things. I work for the military. Ryan's going to look over to Royzen and kind of furrow his brow in question. Back home. He lets it go. So we've got creepy McGee and... Uh, Sounds like one hell of a weapon over here, pointing towards Paris. Hey, Chris, actually, would he, uh, there wouldn't be any reason he would hide the fact that he's a Marine, would there? Or he just, he probably would. Only if you wanted to. Is your character kind of cocky? (laughs) Or is he secretive with what he doles out to these types of agency may encounter? Now, the last set of agency encountered were actually Canadian. Okay, they were part of a group called, and he knows this, called M-Epic. And he was very open with them. They were friendly Canadians, after all. Oh, yeah. uh, so, oh. you know, if he wants to continue that with Americans, with whom he knows are part of the special access program that he is working for right now, it's up to him. In that case, he says, like, I'm a uh, Marine, active duty. All right. Finally got some muscle around here. He just kind of look, he just kind of scowl at him. Yep. Bryson's going to reach over and smack him on the arm when he <laughs> says that. Yeah, Paris just kind of scowls at him for Look, guys, to be candid here, you're you're new in this op. We've been through a hell of a lot. We don't have time for, for beating around the bush, and I'm sorry that we can't fully onboard you to everything we know, but 
time's of the essence on this one. Let's get moving. Ryan's going to go to stand up in the hopes that that confidence will allow others to follow. Prentice sighs, moves to get up as well, but Paris looks to Royzen. Royzen's going to reach in that oversized purse in her on her shoulder, pull something out just far enough that he can tell it's a manila folder, and then gesture outside. She may not have the slides on her. She does have photos. Paris nods and just follows Royzen. Before long, you're in an old station wagon. It's a heap of junk. Let's be clear. You open up the manila folder, Paris. Take a look. What did you hand him, Royzen? The autopsy photos from Darren, as well as a few printouts of photos she'd taken of the random paper scraps, maps, and whatnot that had been pulled down from Darren's uh, hideout. Paris, you're looking through this. You see evidence of a man obsessed, but you also see obvious, unnatural, predatory activity. Something that you are very familiar with. You feel firmly set that whatever they tell you next, it's going to involve your rifle. Agent Paris keeps reading through the documents and hands the autopsy photographs over to Agent Prentice. Doesn't say anything, just hands them to him. Agent Prentice, the first thing you flip to are what look like blown up slides. First of all, they're genuine. There's nothing doctored about this. Second, it's alien, 100%. This is not terrestrial. You can communicate that however you'd like, if at all. Well, I can confidently say that this is not uh, terrestrial biology here. No shit, Sherlock. That's why they pay me the big bucks. How big? Wait, you're getting paid for this shit? You don't? Ryan's driving. Yeah, you are driving maybe towards where? Do we know where that... It was a warehouse, right? The other place on the map? Grand River in Lorraine is what Darren Hinn had marked as a spot that he was looking at. I assume those are cross streets? Correct. Um, South so side of Detroit. That intersection, I guess, you know, in the in the maps app. Well, as you enter this zone of Detroit, it's clear that this was hit very hard by prior recessions. They've never really recovered. Large, gutted, concrete structures dot the horizon. You drive between falling down fences, large oxidized and rusted tanks emptied of whatever they used to contain make your way to grand river in the rain it looks like some sort of abandoned equipment wholesaler maybe restaurant equipment bright red bricks chipped green paints everything seems fairly lively except that there's no activity at all the otherwise hollowed out building almost seems inviting it's roughly three stories tall it's covered in mostly intact windows, surprisingly. Overall, the warehouse is a testament to classical 1920s architecture. There are gates flanking the edifice. They're topped with intermittent barbed wire. Some has been torn down purposefully. There's an intact fire escape that can be seen protruding from the backside of this giant building. As you pull into an overgrown and empty parking lot, you can see that there's a padlock on the front double doors, and it's visibly broken. Agents, tell me more about your approach, what you'd like to do here. It is the middle of the day. It's not 2.30 in the morning, but 2.30 in the afternoon. So we're not going to bother anybody in the middle of the night, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I, I can't, I can't promise that. <laughs> oh, Eric, we need to figure out the Whether we should take or no pants, pants stance yeah. for these new characters. Yeah, because Lenny was very anti-pants off, but I think yours was pretty pro-pants, so... Oh, Prentice is all about getting them pants off. All right. 
Hey, John. Yep. If Paris doesn't take his pants off, Ryan's going to shoot him in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's the end. Ryzen is still not taking your pants off. <laughs> Ryan, in his head, just just shakes it, looking at the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> not a team player. Nah. Ryan looks out his window at this and assumes that he, you know, it seems fairly deserted. Is that right? It is very deserted at this time of day. Nobody around at all. You see a ship passing by in the harbor. Looks like an empty barge ship that's just unloaded. But otherwise, there's no activity at all on the horizon. He looks out the window and says, Great, nobody around. Should we take a look around? That's what we're here for, right? Just as a heads up, boys, we're probably going into the sewers. Oh, great. Chris, is there like an obvious entrance, I guess? I talked about the front uh, door that had a padlock on it. The padlock is open and visibly damaged. Ryan's going to, you know, start heading towards that. You walk up to the large doors of this obviously abandoned warehouse and yank on the chain that loosely sits atop the front door handles. It clatters to the ground. You open the doors and motion to the others, shrugging slightly. All of you see, before even entering, that the first floor of the warehouse is in disarray but surprisingly there are many large rusted pieces of restaurant equipment here some quite pricey large mixers for instance you see various stoves cooler frames dishwashers that lay stacked they're all covered in dust ancient grime oxidation light from the roof above streams in through what is a large and empty warehouse frame dust floats in the air spinning about in its own silent reverie Agent Paris starts scanning for anything out of the ordinary or anything that needs to be concerned about. Agent Paris, you were about to walk in because, honestly, this just seems like an abandoned structure to you. But you stop in your tracks because you see an unmistakable dusting of phosphorescence, something that glitters in the streaming sunlight. It's right in front of you. It's like somebody cast away pixie dust onto the ground. A little tiny sequence of scintillating light. It looks alien to you. Everybody hold. Agent Paris crouches down to try to get a better look. Bluish green. It, again, scintillates in the streaming sunlight. It looks like maybe spores or dusting. You really depend on Prentice to help you with these types of things. But it's it's wrong. That much you know. Agent Prentice, you should uh, come take a look at this. I point uh, out sure the, thing. Uh, the dusting. Prentice, uh, from his uh, briefcase, pulls out a pair of gloves and a swab and a slide and he doesn't have he didn't bring with him his uh, microscope but he does have a, a jeweler's loop that is uh, fit with a few options that'll give him a little closer look at what what might be there Prentice spins down take a swab of what is obviously some sort of phosphorescent gel that clings to the concrete floor in front of the entryway to this seemingly abandoned warehouse obviously you are not able to see this at a microscopic level. But from what you can see, it's reminiscent of fungal spores. The fact that they catch the light streaming in again from above you is curious. But to you, well, it causes a nausea to start to build in your bowels because you know this is not, this is not terrestrial. Agents Ryan and Roizen have led you directly into something that they don't understand and you don't have the time to understand it and you start to feel very anxious you look at agent paris what is it look this uh this isn't terrestrial the closest thing it resembles is fungus 
But again, it's it fits the program. You know what I mean? Agent Paris checks his. I am. I, I should have said this. Agent Paris it does have his rifle on him. He checks his rifle. On him. So Start. in in my mind's eye, Agent Paris has a giant black duffel bag over his right shoulder, oh, okay. which contains his rifle. Agent Paris sets his duffel bag down, opens it up, and and pulls out his rifle. What kind of rifle would he have? Is it a sniper rifle? an automatic rifle, or something in between? Probably in just an automatic. I don't think he's a sniper in this case. He's more demolitions, right? That's kind of his training in heavy weapons. He is a, yes, he is a breacher in Probably the Raider, a... yeah, in the Raider group. He is not a sniper. All right, so he pulls out his rifle, drops it across, his, you know, so has it ready-ish, and then picks his uh, duffel bag back up and says, um, this is the right place, I think. Or not this, I think. He says, this is the right place. Agent Paris looks around and tries to tactically assess the... Based on the phosphorus that he's seeing, or the you know, phosphorus and fungus that he's seeing on the ground in the entrance of this place, uh, what the best approach might be, just in case something is immediately inside waiting for them. Go ahead and roll your military science LAN. Success. Okay. I like this, I like this guy already. All right. <laughs> so, you take stock of who's next to you. Agent Royzen can handle herself. Agent Ryan also looks like he's ready to fight, but he looks exhausted. Agent Prentice is not meant to ever take point, and you know that, he knows that, you're both comfortable with that. So you know that you will need to take point in any strategy that you commit to. What you see is a phosphorescent trail coming from this entryway, going to a nearby concrete staircase in the middle of this restaurant supply warehouse to your left. This is the path that you have to take because you don't see another easy way up to the next story of this three-story edifice. Oh, it goes up? Mm-hmm. Okay. But Fine. what you need is for those who you can depend on to take your flank. And so if you are to command or attempt to command those with you, what you think is the best approach is to have Agent Ryan painting your left, Agent Royzen painting your right, with Prentice taking up the rear. Agent Prentice, you do have a sidearm. It's small caliber. Agent Paris looks over. Agent Royzen, do you see the uh, trail here? It leads up that stairwell down the way. We need to approach, assuming that it's still here. Yeah, I see it. Uh, Royzen, by this time, has her firearm out, going down, and is definitely trained on the trail in front of them. Agent Paris sets his bag down and, and I guess checks to make sure he's got his, his rifle ready and ammo and just looks at Royzen and says, you know, I'll take point. You take my right. Copy. Royzen knows him well enough to trust him, at least. He just seems to have that sort of military bearing where he he trailblazes, right? You've never been trained to be a trailblazer. You're more of an intelligence operative. So yeah, you do trust his experience. He looks over and says, Agent Ryan, you stayed at my left. Keep me in your sight and Prentice hang back and follows up. Ryan gets in position as he indicated. You four begin to move across the dusty floor of the warehouse, following the strange gleaming leavings that continue toward this staircase leading upward. Before long, you're on the second story, having quietly crunched your way across days, weeks, months, dust and debris. You can see here that there's this light phosphorescence and it trails again down a hallway covered with broken glass, tracking beyond offices here to a third floor. Agent Paris motions you carefully with two fingers to follow him as he takes you four up this additional staircase to a third level. 
to your left, when you finally step upon this heightened story, you see a window. Now this is nearest the fire escape that you saw protruding from the outside. The window here has not been shattered. It's been removed carefully set aside internally next to the open window frame. All four of you kind of look and scrutinize this. Someone has taken the frame of a window out of a brick building with little damage and placed it to the side, apparently recently. Odd thing the rest of you are gonna notice right about now is while we're standing here, Rosen kind of glances off at the side, says something in not Hebrew, but Farsi, pauses for a second, says something else, almost as if she's talking to someone. Out of curiosity, Ryan is a proficient in Arabic. Is that close enough to Farsi that he can piece together? I genuinely have no idea. Roll Arabic minus 20%. It's actually please. not. I failed anyway. You don't have any idea what she said. There's there's a few words that correlate. Not many, but a few. He doesn't even get the grammatical structure. He just hears what sounds like a string of curses in unfamiliar Farsi. He's actually gonna he's gonna turn to her hearing that and again furrow his brow and everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. What would do that to a window? says Prentice kinda of musingly. Does anybody have craft masonry or craft construction? LOL. LOL it is. Yeah, it just seems strange to everyone. Agent Paris, you notice a thicker strand of this phosphorescence, this powdery substance, leading over to what looks like, at least according to the faded stencil, manager's office. Agent Prentice, you suddenly realize this is bacteria. Uh, and this is on what again? This is huge globs of bacteria. These are giant colonies of bacteria. You just, it suddenly hits you. Oh shit, that's not fungus. That's um that structure is very that's bacteria. Paris looks back at Prentice like, what'd you say? That's bacteria? It's yeah, the look at the way it's growing. I mean We're gonna have to sterilize this entire building. Yeah, with fire. <laughs> As it turns out. <laughs> yes. I will also tell all four of you that you're feeling it's very hot on this level. Too hot. Oh, God, not again. Should we? I don't want to be breathing in any of this shit. Should we just break some windows, get a, get some air in here? No, no, it's in, uh, it might be in that office right there, and he points to the where the trail leads. What might he be says, in the office? He says in a quiet voice. Paris just looks at him. Do you well, see the trail? Let's, oh, let's commence the magic. The question, I guess, is do we just sneak back and take the building out, or we take it out first and then take the building and hopefully survive all of this somehow magically? Go ahead and roll your... You have, hey, roll your military <laughs> science land plus 20%. Got it. Without the 20. You need your crew to stay right here at the top of the stairs 
while you follow in and look to see what's in that room all by yourself. That's the right strategy here. Everybody stay right here. And Agent Paris starts slowly moving towards the office door. You're doing basically what's called a monkey crouch as you very quietly and slowly make your way to this opening. Before long, you're able to bring your peripheral vision to see what's in that room. Your head's about at hip height. Inside is large open room. Apparently the manager here at this restaurant supply warehouse was well, doing pretty well. It's nice, it's open. It's got light streaming from above. You see that that light though is due to the fact that most of the roof has fallen in, caved in. Behind a large oak desk, it's carved with massive gargoyle-like feet. Well, behind it is something that is not to be taken in, something that is to be exterminated for you, Agent Paris. It's a large, fleshy being that seems to be shuddering, hunched over something. Long strips of flesh cascade over one another. Pile of skin, of muscle, you're not sure. You can see though, as it breathes, as it undulates, as it slowly rises and falls, it doesn't notice you peering at it. You've never seen anything like it, and it's far. It's far away across this manager's office, against the wall sits over something. It seems to be protecting something. It's back towards you. You think you see a spine, or at least a ridge underneath those slimy tendrils. There is a creature in this room. It is large. It is strange. You duck your head back. You look toward those behind you, huddled at the head of the stairs from which you came. What do you do, Agent Paris? Agent Paris signals for everybody else to be silent and... Do I have to roll sanity on that one? Do I have to roll sanity? Nope, no. No sanity on that one. Not yet. Not yet, okay. Not yet. <laughs> hey, you don't have to, like, ask me to ruin your day. Let me ruin <laughs> my your day on my time. So I assume, I assume he would have brought some explosives with him. You do have Simtech in your... Duffel bag, Duffel right. bag, correct. Which I believe is downstairs right now. Correct. You left it right? in the entryway. Okay. That's absolutely correct. You just have your rifle right now with the breach rounds. Agent Paris very carefully and quietly moves back over to the group and motions for them to go back down the stairs. Ryan follows. You're now in the stairwell between the third and the second floor. All four of you. So, um, yeah, what you're looking for is in there. We need to sterilize this space, this building, and whatever's in that room. Agent, Agent Prentice... Do you think fire would work on this thing? It's difficult to say. I mean, I'll have to do some tests with what I've got. What did you What did you see in the room? Agent Ryan, do you really want to know? Tell me. Agent Paris relays. No, 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 no. You can't just no, no. fucking hand away no, that man. shit. How does Agent Paris <laughs> describe this to Agent Ryan? It looks like something that's not supposed to be here and that we need to get rid of now. Well, then oh, okay. get back in there, cowboy. Do we know the fire is going to work? Can we I test have that not somehow? said that. Uh, <laughs> so Prentice takes out that slide that he took with the swab and pulls out a lighter and just checks to see if the residue burns. Roll your sanity, please. Oh, sweet. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's go. And here, listeners, is where it all went wrong. <laughs> Excellent. Agent Prentice, you run your lighter. Let the flame lick at this sample. And you watch as 
the orange-yellow brightness avoids at all costs touching the phosphorescent globules on your swap. This is gonna be a problem. You gulp visibly to all three agents. Cool. And you <laughs> go ahead and reach your hand out, hoping to find Agent Prairies. And you you catch yourself, knowing Agent Prairie is no longer among the living. Feel more alone than you have in your entire life. Because we know how that's in the role went. So the flame <laughs> is literally staying away from it. Kind of like how hydrophobic material avoids yeah. getting hydro. <laughs> avoids hydro. Yes. So fire won't work. Well, if it's anything like the uh, monster at the house, gunshots sure worked. So when you say phosphorus, are we confident this is actually a phosphorus-based? Well, phosphorus is very... I, I'm saying phosphorescent. You said phosphorescent, not yeah, made of not phosphorus. Not phosphorus. Oh. So very, very different. Gotcha property gotcha, 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 yeah gotcha. Uh, so I, I guess ryan will say that though ryan will say if it's anything like the the monster at the house bullets did seem to do the trick i don't know what else we could do to he turns to prentice you don't happen to have any acid in your creepy doctor kit i'm a doctor not a chemist um what what all do i have in my duffel bag other than a few semtech explosives you don't have acid but you do Boy. have Aluminum foil. <laughs> you definitely have aluminum foil. You also have an electronics kit. It's like, well, we could try to take the building down. We could try a, a frontal assault. Its back was to the door, so we would have the chance of surprise. I like the acid idea, but I don't think we have any acid. Any other ideas? Oh, I got an idea. How about we just stand here in the stairwell talking about it? Let's just do this. <laughs> I mean, if fire's not going to work... Maybe bullets will. I mean, we killed the other thing with bullets, so... Maybe it'll die of old age by the time <laughs> we make a decision. <laughs> Chris, do I have anything in like that duffel bag that I could, like, explosives that I could throw into the room ahead of an assault? Like, the, how that Simtech stuff works? I'm not entirely sure. Simtex is something you're going to want to set up on, like, a door to breach it. You're a breacher. What you saw in there was a large fleshy mass pulsating over something that was important to it. You don't know what it is. You didn't get a good glance. You could go in there and get a better glance if you think you could be stealthy enough, and I'm happy to entertain such an approach. But what you know now is limited. The Arcel agents think that bullets and ballistics end this thing. Well, you have that. So does Prentice. You trust Prentice. You actually also trust Royzen. You don't know much about Ryan just yet. That's where you are mentally. All right, let's do this thing. Okay. So I said, I'm like, look, it's set up about this far from the door. I think its back is to us. It's huddled over something. Seems important to it. That's what I've got. The best way for us to breach is my character has military knowledge and I have none. So I understand. Here's how this works. You've already passed your military science on land. I need all of the folks here to roll their intelligence. Prentice succeeds. succeeds. Jesus Christ, that's some good intelligence. All three of you, (laughs) all three of you listen carefully to what Agent Paris says, and you watch his body movement and make your way towards the front of this office. Ryan's gonna draw his gun. Oh, I thought we were all armed, (laughs) like an out. Before long, you're in the entryway of this large, expansive, dilapidated office. Paris is in front of you, his rifle aimed at this heaving, hot, strange, undulating body of fleshy tendrils. 
He doesn't fire. He continues to walk forward. And you walk with him, matching his movements. Before long, you're off to the right. The barrels of your weapons, unimpeded by the oaken desk. The thing doesn't notice you. Agent Paris does not look composed. He looks frightened, but he turns toward each one of you. Sweat lining his brow, he points at the thing. He fires. I need everyone to roll firearms, please. Oh, well, Paris fuck! Fails. <laughs> Ryan succeeds. Ryan got a critical fail. It's oh, not fuck, everybody. Oh, fuck fails. me. God damn it. <laughs> everyone failed except Ryan. Kidding. How uh, is Paris's firearm so low? 60's pretty good. 60's pretty good. I mean, yeah. He's for a fucking military guy. Okay, whatever. I mean, that's that's it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's still good. That is More than half the time he hits his target. That's pretty good. How did I fail? I need Ryan to roll damage for one bullet and Prentice to roll damage for one bullet. Two. Pew. Pew. <laughs> Pew. <laughs> okay, cool. So two damage. I need Roizen to uh, go ahead and roll a 1d100 for me. Roizen, when you fire at this undulating mass of flesh. You watch the slide of your pistol fall back and a cartridge lodge itself in the slide and stop the action. You can't believe that your Jericho has failed you in such a way. Everybody begins to fire at this mass. Real quick, Chris, what's more narratively interesting here? A two or a ten? <laughs> a two. <laughs> you watch your bullet <laughs> raise off of one of the protuberances of this mass, Ew. it flies through a nearby window into the distance. <clears throat> Does it make a wow, wow, wow sound? This thing turns around and it looks at all of you. You watch as what could be a head or a face splits open, makes a terrible gasping sound. Within seconds, it's on the ceiling, no longer there on the ground. I want to describe the situation before the next round. You have all fired at a being that was huddled over something on the floor. It has now jumped up. It is no longer there. The speed at which it moved is unnatural. It is on the ceiling, horrible hanging tendrils splayed out as if it shot up and just exploded all of these raggedy feelers across the ceiling. But on the ground, you see a small nest behind the oaken desk. It's covered with the phosphorescent clumps Agent Prentice had already examined. You see four ovoid shapes here, translucent. Inside are little fetal silhouettes with strange tentacular appendages. Roll your sanities, everyone. Excellent. I need one more from Prentice. He's gonna project onto Rodrigo Pastor. Lovely. Does anybody want to project? Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm projecting. I just shot a kid in the head. I'm projecting from now on. Don't want to face that shit. Got it. Okay. So I need everyone who's projecting to roll a 1d4, please. I swear to God, Chris, if this is a one, I'm going to be so furious. Two for me. Two for fucking goddamn Ryan. I don't know who I'm projecting on yet, Chris, but I'm doing a, I'm a roll. On your bonds? Yeah, I don't have I don't. Oh, my God. On the I mean, can I project onto Relic? <laughs> <laughs> no. Delta Green Bonds, no good for that. You know the rules. Romeo died recently enough. <laughs> can we? 
And Lenny. For Think Lenny. Of it, as, it has to be somebody you can have a mild outburst at. Okay, so the folks who have... So, Prentice, take two off of your willpower and a bond of your choice. Royzen, one off of your willpower, a bond of your choice. Ryan, two off of your willpower, a bond of your choice. Paris, three off your willpower, a bond of your choice. The flesh begins to explore every crevice of the ceiling. Running across... Can you say flesh slower, please? Flesh. Oh, God. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm. Running across every <laughs> every seam of the ceiling, you hear a horrific scream. These are not human vocal cords, but something else. There's a metallic twang as tendrils begin to fall down from above in an aggravating, frightening configuration. Everyone roll their firearms again as you raise your guns up and shoot at the thing that has now spread itself across. Uh, real quick, Chris, mine jammed. You cannot roll your damage, but you can roll your firearms to try to dislodge the bullet that is now in the slide. Oh, wait, Ryan succeeded. Looks like you succeeded in that. Oh, good, Royzen got a success. Royzen, you thumb the bullet out of the way. You cock the slide back six or seven times as fast as you can, and you aim back up at the creature. You'll get the fire again soon. Not yet. Ryan's exceeded. Should I be reloading? Also, I failed my firearms roll anyway. Prentice. And Prentice fails as well. You fire. No damage roll for you. Harris, you need, a, you need to go in and roll your lethality, even though you failed. Ryan, roll your damage. I had already rolled my previous damage roll. This so is a new damage roll. Oh, but there was two there. <laughs> Fine, I'll take six. If only you could pre-roll your damage, huh? Ryan, you fire through the thing's strange, ganglious head. It falls down upon you, and you feel part of it move through your stomach. Under its substantive weight, your knees collapse. Your back slams against the concrete floor. Something stabs into the lower left of your abdomen. Do you want to explain why I was underneath it, Chris? Something stops at the it's, lower left of your abdomen, and you feel it begin to course through your body. Gross. Hundreds of different fingerlings make their way through your body, touching every aspect of your being. You're part of it now. Ew. You look up into its eyes, its distended eyes that fall from a, a withered cerebrum. You hear a slaking thirst, an abnormal breathing as it sends itself through you. Agent Paris, roll your firearms, please. Do I experience arousal? Absolutely. I succeeded this time. Roll your lethality. Got it. You fire again. Your M4 continuing to just explode fire out of the barrel. The thing stands on top of Agent Ryan, continuing to seemingly eviscerate Ryan. Princess, fire. <laughs> and a critical failure, which is perfect. Well, that's two this combat. Okay, it's two, roll a, two character sheets, one game. Go ahead and roll a <laughs> luck for me, please. I'm just all over the place. Uh, that's a success on my luck. The bullet whizzes past Ryan's skull. Fuck! Oh my god! <laughs> All right. It slams Jesus. into the 
barely intact glass behind him. You realize oh you God. almost killed Ryan. That's the luck roll? Jeez. Uh, you, you hear a quiet, oop. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny squeak of another butthole. <laughs> Royson, roll your firearms, please. You have cleared the chamber. You fire again, but it goes wide, slams into the concrete. The thing goes ahead and it seems to engulf part of Ryan's body. Let's see what it does. Let's see what it does? Jesus. More and more pours out of this tendril covered being and enters Ryan's abdomen. Ryan looks from side to side. He looks terrified. But something is expanding his abdomen to the point of. You're gonna be a mommy. Is this like some Mpreg shit Chris we're about to get into? Because that's a little weird for me. Agreed. All right. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Paris, roll your uh, firearms, please. Oh, before I do that, though, I, I glance over. Are those eggs still, like on the chair still? Looks like there's a few glistening eggs there with fetal silhouettes. It's fucking gross. The ovoid. Ovoid was, yes, a, a adjective used earlier. Man, what do I do? Uh, does it look like Jesus this thing is even remotely slowed down from what we're pumping into it? No. Couple of <laughs> missing the whole lot. I'm going to aim at the eggs instead. Roll your damage. Okay. Mm, you go ahead and let loose with your M4 at this phosphorescent nest, and... You see them explode in a sparking yellowish spray. Immediately, the thing that's on top of Ryan withdraws the tendrils flowing into his abdomen. It screams and jumps towards you, <laughs> Agent Paris. However, Agent Roizen, you have another chance. Yeah. Roll your damage, Agent Roizen. Well, that one was a success. <laughs> you fire. <laughs> <laughs> you fire, finally, finally clearing. It ricochets off the strangely hard skull of the being. Doesn't seem to notice. Prentice, fire. Damn it. Ah, uh, failure. The shot ends <laughs> up going wide. Can I fire again? Success. Roll your damage. Seven. The thing falls, heaving loudly. The thing shudders, barking up a phosphorescent cloud out of its darkest, fleshy crevices. As the being crumples on top of Ryan's chest, withers stops moving before long it looks like a straight rigid piece of bark strips of dried husky material in the vague shape of what it once was there's no sound in the air but you see outside that there's another cargoless barge drifting by in the harbor Jim Paris Prentice Ryan Roizen you look around and you realize that this thing this protector this mother father it's non-responsive there are actually a few of the things embryos its eggs somehow having survived paris's onslaught and having rolled away from the remains of the bacterial nest inside you see the silhouettes of something something not entirely human everyone roll your sanities please projecting again anyone projecting roll a 1d4 please four baby I'll fucking Ouch. destroy my bonds for my for my sanity. <laughs> Are we gonna get a chance to take an action, 
Chris? Yeah, this is it right now. What would you like to do? When Ryan, when the thing kind of withers on top of him, mm-hmm. he's going to be kind of, I don't know, what I'll describe as a traumatic scream of, get it off me, get go oh, fuck, give ah, and then <laughs> fucking uh, turn around looking at the, the eggs and shoot at them. You begin firing over and over again at the eggs, shooting through what looks like Again, small silhouettes of human fetuses. Roll your sanity again. Do you want to project any potential loss? You bet your sweet ass I do, Chris. Rolling a three, baby. Seems like a clutch. Looks like four eggs. However, now they are all mincemeat. Spread across the floor. The third level of this restaurant supply warehouse. The heat in the air begins to dissipate. Begins to give way to the weather that is more natural to the Detroit area at this time of year. All four of you would look to one another, look down at the corpse of the strange being, look at the mutilated nest of its bizarre offspring. Uh, Ryzen's. Let's have a look at that uh, that wound you got there, Agent Ryan. Prentice, you. Kind of success on medicine. your way through now, Ryan. Do you let him take a look at you? Yes, and Ryan is actually very grateful in response. Prentice takes a look, and to be clear, this thing shoved its tentacles deep into his abdomen, but his internals, from what you can see, are curiously unaffected. You think you can take care of damage that is visible, assuming there's no internal injury which there doesn't appear to be, but you think you can take care of it with a simple needle and thread. Roll a quick intelligence times five. <laughs> and I succeed. Very quickly, you, you place him on his back. You're like, hey, everybody kind of back off here. Make sure there's no other weird things around. And <laughs> you give him local painkillers from your kit and get to work. Ryan's going to ask what's wrong. What happened to him? Prentice, we're dealing with something on the caliber of a through gunshot. Nice and clean. But what do you want to say to him? Uh, you got it pretty bad, man. But I think I can I can do this pretty quickly, and, and we should just get you on bed rest after this. Hang tight. Okay. Ryan, you feel stronger than you ever have in your entire life. Very strong. Re- really? I I feel great. I go to try to I go to try to like lean up. Well, tr- so try not to, to get up, and you see blood start to well from his bowels. And Apprentice uh, pushes him back down on the ground and says, "Don't move." while I'm trying to work on you, man. Now, it may just be adrenaline. It may be something that thing put into you that you are feeling fine because of whatever properties, uh, some kind of toxin, I don't know. But believe me when I say it's... I, I, gotta, I gotta do some work here. <laughs> All right, you joker. Ryan's gonna you let feel, him know. You feel very good, Ryan. You don't need this at all. I feel that way, but I do lay back down and let him... <laughs> Paris, Roizen, you you both look over at the crumpled corpse of this being. This set of strips of flesh. What do you do? Oh, Roizen's gonna walk over and fire a few more rounds into it just to be safe. Paris, what do you do? No, I was gonna ask how big the corpse is for this thing. Seven foot tall, about 300 pounds. Are you for real? I'm for real. Holy shit. All right, uh... How for real? I start, honestly, uh, Agent Paris starts walking the area just to make sure there's nothing they may have overlooked. Any more little creatures, little more eggs hanging about. Agent Paris, 
you find small clusters of similar silhouetted eggs with little fetuses in them in every corner of this room. I say, we're going to need to bring this building down. There could be, there's eggs over here. I found more over there. There could be more throughout this whole building. And as as uh, Prentice is uh, finishing up the last few stitches, he says, well, you're going to have to take care of that. I've got to make sure Ryan here uh, takes it a bit easy. Royson, are you are you okay to cover him? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I will cover I'll cover Ryan while y'all take care of things, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. How's that sound? Works for me. You get my partner down to the car. Safe. We'll be right behind you. You got it. Even though Ryan probably isn't going to be too amenable to it, Prentice is going to take his uh, left arm and drape it around his right shoulder, across the shoulder, and, and kind of... One thing that you notice, Princess, is that there are veins that are at a, at a level of vascularity you're not comfortable with. Up near the surface of Ryan's skin, you're looking over at him and... So he's saying he's gained some vascularity? He's, he's very vascular? You are disturbed by what you continue to see across the skin of his face. Oh, his face too, okay. However, before long, all four of you are near your vehicle, this broken down station wagon. And Agent Paris is walking back towards you and he goes, It'll be seven minutes. We uh, shouldn't be here for it. As you drive toward the center of the city, Agent Paris smirks because he knows at that exact moment, his well-placed charges have detonated, leaving everything inside that cursed building buried under rubble and rust. Check, check. This thing recording? Yes, it is ready. Jeff, it's just something to say at the beginning. You don't have to... Never mind. Okay. Um, my name is a Relic, and I want you to listen to a show. It is a podcast. Accuracy is paramount. Shall we begin again from the top? A podcast called Sorry Honey, I Have to Take This. It is important that the podcast uh, continues. Only listeners can uh, help with this. Excellent. A call to action tricks the listeners into believing they exercise agency when they hear you say that, Relic. It is a delight for me to record this. And also humorous. Uh, sure. Okay, so go to Twitter and add at SorryHoneyCast... For extra content, there's uh, e- even more extra content if you join the Sorry Honey Discord server, which is linked at the main website, sorryhoney.com.
Captivate.fm. Tell him of the broad cornucopia of minds and entities that dwell there with disturbing and increasing frequency relic. By harnessing their energies, we increase the reach of the work. Uh, yeah, what, what Jeff said. Look, also, leave a review at iTunes or Google Podcasts. This uh, helps us a bunch, like a lot. And provides a brief but needed diversion for pitiful algorithms. Will you let me finish? Finally, donate to support the show directly at ko-fi.com slash coffee. What? I I have some coffee. It is pronounced coffee. What? This? It's spelled K-O-F-I. The jealously competing entities inhabiting the tenuous membranes between worlds around and within California's Silicon Valley would take great umbrage with your unsatisfactory pronunciation of their linguistic formulae, Relic. <laughs> Silicon Valley bullshit. Uh, whatever. Alright, look. Coffee.com slash sorry honey. That's spelled for some reason. K-O-F-I.com slash sorry honey. An important reminder to spell it otherwise would spawn a different time flow. Undesirable. Alright. That wasn't so bad. We on for a full uninterrupted eight hours then? Yes, you may rest. I would prefer that you refrain from dreaming, however. Don't know if I can promise that, Jeff. Ever since that shit under the church. Yes, that. Your dreams are shared, Relic, and it becomes hard for me to record appropriately when you are dreaming and the others are intruding. Wait, what do you mean? I merely ask that you do not dream. Nope, go back. What do you mean the others are intruding when I dream? Your consciousness is a threshold. Your meat is the door. Your dreams are the beacon. (laughs) I'm never gonna understand you, Ghost, er, Jeff. Okay. Gonna go check on the other watch stations, then a whiskey, then a good night's rest. Uh, keep the chatter down like you promised. I will watch, and I will remain forever.